Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Grow.Work, hashtag LFG fan, where success is in the details. I'm your host, Justin Bonnet, and with us today, we have a great guest, somebody I've worked with for uh, quite some time over the years and has become a friend. RJ, please go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm RJ. I own Atlanta Speed Company. I have the privilege of being great friends with you, and I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited to have you, man. No, it's been a real blessing to get your time and effort in which it has been to start this episode. A couple technical difficulties, but nothing we couldn't get through. Uh, so you've owned Atlanta Speed Company for quite some time. How long have you been in business, and what do you guys specialize in? So we've been in business about five and a half years. Um, we specialize in Subarus, top to bottom, uh, whether we're building engines or putting on brake pads. Um, we do a lot of customization mainly, but you know we love our maintenance because that's what keeps your Subaru going. <laughs> no, you're right about that. You know we we definitely know about the maintenance on a Subaru for sure. Um, no, that's really cool. And so I think from what I remember that you were a technician at a dealership for quite some time and you obviously transitioned to your own business. What was it that made you want to do something like that? So I started at a small independent shop, um, when I was 18 and, um, that shop, you know, with the, the, uh, grasp in the community it had was what started me wanting to own my own repair shop. The the staple of East Cobb and that tiny little shop, I, you know, I, I liked the community aspect of it. And it made me, you know, that was my end goal working on cars was to own my own repair shop. That's awesome. Is that uh, independent repair shop still around? It is still owned by the same guy. Um, still there. Very cool. Was it Subaru based or is it just something completely different? No, it was a, a um, independent, all like no specific manufacturer base, um, which was important. Actually, I seek I seeked that out as a, a young guy because I didn't want to learn how a specific vehicle worked. I wanted to learn how all vehicles worked. And then you realized that was a massive headache. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, so Subaru specifically, what drove you down that path? Uh, I had a buddy who worked at the dealership. Um, he worked in the body shop and he would call me all the time and say, Hey, the Cadillac side of my dealer's hiring. And I said, I don't like Cadillacs. Uh, and then one day he called me and he goes, would you work on Subarus? And I said, well, that's a Japanese car. You know, that's up my alley. And I, I mean, I, it was like a week. The first, I think the first car I test drove after working on it at the dealer, I walked up to the um, the head Subaru tech, and I said, I got to buy one of these. This car is amazing. That's all. What was it? It was a Forester. <laughs> of course it was. Absolutely. <laughs> we appreciate our wagons, man. Nothing wrong with a Forester <laughs> at all. That's awesome. And how long were you at that dealership for? So I was there for six years before okay. opening, opening the shop. It's crazy. Time flies, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. What was your biggest fear going into business? Uh, failing, um, not being able to support myself. Luckily, you know, we uh, we opened when you know I, I hadn't have any kids or anything yet. Um, my my wife and I weren't married yet. I, I <laughs> had bought a house about six months before opening, so that got a little fearful. <laughs> uh, having a mortgage that I had to pay, 
but Absolutely. I, uh, I just saw it as I was a young guy and I knew that I could always go back to the dealer and get back to where I was. I had plenty of time left in life to, to re rebuild if necessary. So it was like, do it then, or, you know, wait until maybe I, it would hurt more if it failed. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And some term that I heard uh, a couple months ago by somebody that I follow on social media named Todd Price owns Perimeter Roofing. Uh, he used the term fail forward, which I thought was exceptional. And it's like stuck with me for quite some time now, just because there are going to be hiccups and bumps and things like that when you do have your own business or just in life in general. But it's like if you yeah, learn and you are aware that you made a mistake and then you can just you know adapt and overcome. And I think so many people are quick to give up and just be like, ah, it's not working and just run. You know, it's kind of like I heard Arnold Schwarzenegger say, I don't know if it's his quote or not, but it's like, uh, if you have a plan B, your plan A would fail, you know? So there's plenty plenty of ups and downs and challenges when running your own business. But I believe failure is a, is a, as a, is a normal occurrence, whether, you know, in small doses and you take those failures and use them as positives to learn from so that next time that doesn't turn into a failure it turns into a success and it you can't let it you can't let it break you or you'll never make it for sure yeah uh entrepreneurship is definitely not for the weak like i tell people when i first started my business i had a full head of hair and clearly i'm looking like Mr. <laughs> <laughs> it is not for the weak but it's man almost- i can't lose these luscious locks I, I know that's your good looks man but at least you got the beard so you're good it's, it's all oh, yeah. working i can't i can't get rid of this it's lift to neck underneath here man it's not pretty it's where your personality is it's in your face <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah no entrepreneurship is something that again it's not for everybody it's a lot of work but it's for for me personally it's something that i embrace and i live for like I remember when I first started, I would like look at my calendar for the next couple of days and be like, it's, it's empty. What do I do? I'm like, I'm just going to figure it out. One of my biggest things and sayings is you need your clients to eat. They don't need you. And like, exactly. Once, once you have that in your brain, it's much easier to push forward and to kind of Absolutely. clearly see uh, what is something that you do to keep your clients coming in? I mean, we, we pride ourselves on our customer service. You know, my, my guys up front, Joe and Gio, they're phenomenal. I mean, they, they go, you know, go to the ends of the earth for our customers. Um, and that's, you know, what, what, you know, not only the quality work, that's, that's a given, you know, I mean, if you don't do quality work, you're not going to retain your customers. You can get new ones for years, but it's never going to last forever because you're going to lose them. But so quality work. And then of course your, your customer service is huge. I mean, um, I was taught in the dealer that, um, you know, a lot of these dealers, they say we'd rather have better service writers than technicians because the service writer can always overcome the technician's fault. Um, as a technician, it's, I don't love that because you know, I, I, I have a huge pride in my work and huge pride in the work that my team does. So I don't want my guys up front to have to overcome bad work, but they still need to be there for the upset customer, for the customer that, you know, all of a sudden their timeline changed. You know, they need to be there to make sure they 
they they get the service they want they get everything done in a timely manner and the communication between the service writer and the customer is just as important as the quality of work the technician performs and you have so many great points there one the quality of work is huge and going back to the first part of your statement about retaining clients like for me that's massive client retention is huge because it's what keeps the foundation in my my opinion of the foundation of the business going it's like all right we have our you know maintenance clients that keep coming in that kind of keep that going and without that like i feel like you'd always be scrounging for bigger jobs which can be tough absolutely right right going back to the communication thing having your team up there to take the brunt of the customer interaction keeps you and your techs focused on, you know, getting the work done on the vehicles. And then right. the other part of that was you talking about adjusting the timelines and things like that. Like things are always going to change. And I believe that's like a personality trait to have, to be able to adapt and overcome to many different circumstances, but one yes. being clients needs, you know, within reason. Mm-hmm. I was just yeah, talking to I- somebody about firing a client. You know, because that, that happens too. I don't know if that's ever happened with you guys and what y'all do. Um, that's definitely happened with us. I mean, it's not, it's um, it's a necessary evil, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, some, and it's not a fault of the client themselves. It's a, it's a, a personality mesh. It's just, they don't mesh with us. You know, it's just like uh, you go out on a first date with somebody and, you know, you're not going to force uh, a relationship because you guys don't, don't uh, mesh well together and that can be you know something that a lot of people might try really hard to to adapt to that person when they need to to learn that sometimes it's better just to fire the customer and (laughs) make the ones you have even happier yeah no absolutely it's one of those things where even with staff like you can find yourself bending and flexing too much and you don't really realize how toxic it was until that client or employee is gone. And oh, yeah. It's something that I think we're all kind of afraid of, especially in the beginning of owning our own business and starting out. Is like, oh, if I fire this client, I don't know if I'll be able to get more. But in my opinion, it puts you in a good headspace to where you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, that was great. I definitely should have done that. And then making next time easier. Yeah, it takes the first time, it takes that initial jump of doing something like that to realize that, oh, this is actually better for me. And the same when it comes to, um, you know, you're a, a team member that's not working out. Um, it's it was it's hard to to see that, to, to you know, you, you develop these personal relationships with people. You're with them all day, but it, it takes a different mindset to be able to see, okay, this this person might be a really great person, but they're not benefiting this company. And Correct. you have to you have to make that terrible decision to <laughs> cut cut ties and, and move on. And yeah, continue and to I, grow. I, you know, it goes back to the whole term uh slow to hire, quick to fire. It's like oh, yeah. if you've noticed certain characteristics and certain things just you know, speak to you per se, it's easier just to be like, This isn't working out. It's just business, you know, I'll find somebody else to refer you to for maybe a job. Maybe that works better for you in that instance, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. I'm not one. I don't like pushing people out of my life intentionally and just not dealing with it anymore. I like Absolutely. to close those tabs, you know, because yeah. it weighs on you mentally. Oh, yeah. 
No, that's it was uh, one of the harder parts of of um, learning to be a good manager or business owner is you know the the weight uh, the mental weight is is immense um, and it and it takes some time to learn how to deal with it. It, it really does, and making time for not only uh, your family and everybody else, but making time for yourself to balance that mental health. Uh, during entrepreneurship, because I'm sure just like with you, with me, it never turns off. No, I, I was talking to uh, the guys today about um, laying in my three-year-old son's bed as he's falling asleep. And I'm thinking about this place, you know, <laughs> which, you know, may or may not be good, you know, but um, that's just how it goes. It's just, a, it's a constant, um, you're constantly thinking about um, new opportunities, new things you can try, um, ways to further your business or ways to do what you already do better. Absolutely. No, I think it's really important for people to realize that, that you're always adapting, always evolving because you can't be stagnant. Um, a gentleman we had on the podcast that will be dropping soon, Thomas Wood Butler Lawns, uh, said, you can't be in a mosquito breeding pond which is like great. Like it's stagnant. It's gross. It's like, you can't be you right. don't want to, like, I thought that quote was amazing. I told him he's got to put it on t-shirt because <laughs> you, you want to do better and grow, you know, and obviously let's grow dot work name of the freaking podcast. Yeah. Like it's exactly. all about growth. Yes. And, and you can't if grow you're not, unless, unless you put in the work. Right. And if so. you're not focused on growth, then you're, you're, there's no point. There's no point in, in being there. Yeah, exactly. Because then you should be changing oil and brakes the rest of your life, and it's just going to be gross. Right. In my opinion. Uh, or you're just getting by. You know? Yeah. And what's yeah. fun in just getting by? I mean, we all, we're all we all here for the same reason. I mean, I love, I love the satisfaction of building a car, and I love the joy the customers get with, you know, when you return their vehicle in much better condition or with all new upgrades and stuff. But, I mean – Come on, we all started businesses to make money. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So obviously we're on the close of 2023. Do you have anything laid out in your head or on a vision board or whatever it may be for 24 yet? So 24 to me, I'm hoping is products. I'm trying to develop and make my own products. We've got two so far. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I haven't finished everything to do with them as far as marketing material, uh, packaging material and things like that, which is why nobody's seen them yet. But um, the plan is to continue going on with that because, um, you know, the way I see something as a, you know, a, a part to a vehicle and, and a lot, it can be something, a simple dress up piece. Uh, you just have to do that initial design, the initial work, the finding the manufacturer, the finding the packaging, the designing of the packaging. All of that, you know, it seems daunting at first, but once you do it, it's just enter after that. It's just hit enter. It's just hit, you know, it's just hit order. And it's it's almost like just supplemental income to your business. Um, then that way, you know, the shop keeps on going the same. And then, you know, we have this other section that just sells our products. Plus, it's, it's nice to have a customer come in and they want to do X, Y, and Z. Well, hey. I can also add this. It's right here. We make it, um, you know, and it's it's an added bonus to doing what we do. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's very well said. And, and products definitely are the move. It's definitely a great way to expand your presence and your brand within the community by providing something that people want, you know, which I, I find yeah. to be great. And, you know, we recently started working in the detailed distribution of things and it's been great. People come in, they buy stuff they like and they're like, Oh, I want some more. And you're able to do that. And it's exactly, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's prideful for us to provide because we use it on a daily basis. So just mm-hmm. like stuff that you're going to be selling, you know, you're going to have on clients' cars, you're going to have on a daily basis, which is, which is great. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Are you going to sell it online? Or are you going to do in store and online? How's that playing? So we'll do in store and I, you know, this is all up in the air as far as what will actually happen. I mean, the goal is to find a wholesaler that wants to purchase a large quantity that we don't have, you know, it, it goes back to that supplemental income part. You just one transaction, you know, yeah, you make less per unit, but um, you don't have to spend all that amount of time trying to sell into each individual piece. Correct. Um, so we'd like to get, you know, we'd like to get our products put on wholesaler websites like Turn 14, Import Image, um, sites like that. Um, it's, it's the goal, whether, you know, well, that's what we're pushing for next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you guys are really well connected. I mean, Joe alone with Southern Fresh working with you. I mean, that's pretty much done deal. <laughs> <laughs> and just all your connections within the Subaru community and the car community. And, you know, a lot of the shows that we attend for detailersproducts.com, you're at as well. So it's like a Absolutely. lot of the presence. And again, James Marcialan and I stuff spoke about this with Jay Zilla. It's all about the community. And it is. if you're doing right and putting in the work, people see that and they appreciate it. And they're like happy to support you, which I think is like just it's super heartwarming and uplifting. I, I totally agree. And being in that scene for so long as just the I was just the guy who had my car there and was at the event. I wasn't a vendor, but seeing the vendors there and the community. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm always at these places with you. It's not. Not, I'm not even there, you know, yeah, I love putting my name out there, you know, whether you walk up to my tent or whether you see it across the parking lot, my name's there. And that's great. It's good exposure um, and all that. But I, I enjoy being there. And that's, that's the, you know, if I didn't enjoy being there, it wouldn't nearly be half as fun. I enjoy seeing you catching up with people. I don't, cause some of these people I don't get to see that often. And that's, um, you know, I'm going to go back to James's podcast when he was talking about community with the uh, uh, Jay Zilla and how some of these guys only see their Jay Zilla friends at, you know, two or three events a year because they're busy. Um, and that's how I see all the other car events, not just his, but other car shows or, you know, events that we attend. Um, it's just, it's a way to gather together with like-minded people. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more it's like um i don't want to butcher his last name but matthew with the awd som license plate subaru <laughs> i'm not even gonna <laughs> yes but matthew guy's a very, amazing. he's a great guy yeah i'm gonna tag i'm gonna drop his instagram somewhere but yeah subaru yeah we met at scottles and bottles he came over one of the friendliest dudes in the world you know he made us hot sauce dude his hot sauce is amazing <laughs> And he's just so supportive and just great energy and just surrounding your people or people like that. 
I don't yeah. think a lot of people understand how important that is. It's like it's a dopamine hit. It is. You know? It 100% is. And especially when, as an entrepreneur, when you're grinding all day, every day, you know, my non-grind times, I'm, I'm taking care of my family, you know, um, or, or spending time with my family, which is equally as big of a dopamine hit. But um, to get that time to connect with, with people like Matthew or other car enthusiasts and that's the, the sincerity of people. It's, it, it really, um, recharges your batteries. It, it really does because I know we've all been through our ups and downs with not sincere people and to remember that people are still out there that do good and want to support, um, whether it's your business or just personal life or become friends. It's remarkable. Mm-hmm. And it's what it really is. keeps me going for sure. Like, I love what I do because I meet so many different people. And again, that was kind of the catalyst of this this podcast. Like, I love the network of people that I've been able to meet personally and professionally. And to have these, like, intimate conversations where I can, you know, you make time to sit down and we can talk. And for people yeah. to hear that is awesome. Because, you know, so many people just see posts on Facebook and shared, you know, whatever it may be. And it's like you don't feel the authenticity and the like you said, no. sincerity behind it. Man, how many years have we met up at events and nobody nobody got the joy of listening to us? <laughs> you're, no, you're right, dude. Like your energy is like, your laugh, bro. You laugh. I'm like I love it, and I know part of that is the pain of being an entrepreneur and you're masking it. I, <laughs> I totally a, get it. It's so true. It's so true. What are it the is, saddest man. people are that have the biggest smiles? <laughs> it's it's a it's cliche, but it's it's not far from the truth. Um, what is something that would be the hardest part for you as a business owner or a shop? I guess shop owner specifically. What are, what are some of your toughest challenges? Oh man, toughest challenges. It's I um customer service again i mean it's top of our list so it obviously turns it can be a challenge sometimes depending on the customer but then you know we talk about you know getting rid of some of those people that cause you anxiety because of it but um just sometimes the 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 urge to want to rush and get something done just to get it back to your customer you have to that's it's hard sometimes to take a step back and think no you know yeah this would be great to have him back to him tomorrow and get paid for this job but it's not going to go together the way that i feel i want it to so you have to take a step back and be like okay hey sorry sir this is going to take longer we want to make sure that it is the exact way we want it done uh you know I, i have to order X amount of more parts to make sure this is put together to my satisfaction, your satisfaction. Um, that can get, you know, again, the, the want to just want to get it out the door is, is hard to suppress sometimes. Yes. But wanting to do it right is the, you know, overcomes all. The end goal. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I agree. It's one of those things that it took a lot of learning and overcommitting and being pissed off before I finally realized that there's tomorrow. Like, it's all good. Like, exactly. I mean, yeah. I think, and go ahead. And people will, 
you might think a customer would get angry, but they respect that. Yes. Um, and I can use an example. We're doing a pretty extensive um, uh, dry sump install on a customer's car. One, a job I've wanted to do for, for the longest time. Super excited to get it done. There are more custom-made parts for this car than I can even think about. I mean, you're talking even down to like the, the oil line holders. Everything we're doing is it's either I made custom out of metal or I have a, a guy who makes our um, 3D printed carbon pieces, stuff like that. And, you know, the, the, in the beginning, the sit down with the customer, we talked about this car being done in a month and we're six weeks in, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're almost done, but we had, we're lucky to have great customers like this guy who, who goes, no big deal, man. I, I know you want to do it perfectly. And if that takes a little bit longer, then I'm fine with that. You know, it, it's refreshing to have a customer like that, that gives you the, um, let you, you know, let you take the reins and, and make sure that this thing is a one, whether it takes a little longer or not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of us overcommit and don't communicate. And it's like, once they realize how you are and how you work, I believe it helps. Like if you're known for just dragging for no reason whatsoever, then it's not going to work. But if you have the reputation of getting things done, right, you know, and the biggest thing, the communication with the client, then it's all good. Exactly. I think that's, that's the biggest thing. Cause I know I've, I've overcommitted many times and I'm like, all right, this is like way too stressful for me. I got to learn to say no. And again, yep. when you're hungry in the beginning, which seems like yesterday, when you're in the beginning, you <laughs> right. want to just take whatever you can get, you know? Um, and oh, you, back I mean, sometimes Thomas, you even have to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you do for sure, but it's good to be able to, I know, like I said, Thomas with Butler Lawns, he is transitioning from his quote-unquote real job to his landscaping business. And the Mm -hmm. way he's doing it, I think, is really great. He's doing it very methodically to where he's picking and choosing his clients correctly. He's getting, like, his foundation laid out versus, like, I know when I first started, I was like, I'm just going to figure it out as I go, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to wing it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, so I I think it's great to, again, communicate with the client, do what you can to get the job done in a timely manner, but not rush to where you're sacrificing your reputation. Absolutely. The quality, you know, the quality of work comes first and foremost. Yeah. And then, you know, communication. For sure. What do you feel like is something that a lot of people don't know about running a shop or, you know, a speed shop or however you would like to define it? Um, I don't think a lot like the, the, um, a lot of people probably don't understand the struggle you have where, um, you have so many of these, cause a lot of this is big money jobs compared to, uh, an independent repair shop. Who's going to knock out a lot of breaks and maintenance and stuff. Um, and then when you have like four or five jobs that are not completed, but almost completed, you know, that's a, it's hard to manage because you have a lot of, a lot of income sitting on the table there that, um, you know, is going to come, but you need to keep pushing to, to continue to survive until it gets there. For sure. So you just have to overcome that fear of, you know, 
<laughs> oh, wow, things aren't looking good right now. Well, you know, they'll look better. You just have to not worry about it and focus on making sure those jobs are completed the proper way. Um, you know, instead of just trying to make sure your bank account works okay every day. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of up and down with the finances of any kind of business. And it can get stressful for sure. And again, it kind of goes back to like not overcommitting and whatever you can do. And also seeing your end goal and where you're trying to get to, I think helps people continue to drive and, and be okay. Absolutely. But and the, the, um, I will say team members, I, I like to call them. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that part is the big, it was the biggest fear for me originally starting the business i think is you know you you have these guys and they're great and then one of them leaves and then uh, the despair is is real yeah. <laughs> you're like oh no <laughs> what am i gonna do here you know and then you, you gather yourself up and you move on and you find that right that next person uh, and then you, <laughs> you sometimes you realize wow this is actually way better yeah it goes back to the beginning but the you know that that was tough in the beginning but i learned over the over the years you, you treat these people with kindness with respect um you treat them like like equal i mean they are equals who am i you know i, I just happen to be this guy who who owns the business i'm no different than them um, if anything, sometimes I wish I was them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like there's a lot that we block from keeping them from what they actually see and what we have to deal with and things like that. Because I know I, I take on a lot of stress, f- first and foremost, to try to dilute that by the time it gets down to the team. Absolutely. I, I do the same, but at the same time, I love the open and honest aspect of it. So I try to keep our, you know, the team here pretty much right on par. They know what, you know, I, I get to go home and deal with the stress of it, but I like them to know exactly what's going on when there are ups, when there are downs. Um, you know, they're, they're bigger part of this place than I am. Um, so it's important that they know, you know, what is going on behind the scenes too. Absolutely. No, transparency, I believe to a degree is, is, is Matt. I mean, with anything, right. But especially mm-hmm. with your team, so it's like, oh, RJ seems off. Well, you know, we got $60,000 tied up in parts. Like, yeah. going to be a little stressed, you know? Yeah, at least they know why. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, that is awesome. RJ, thank you so much for your time. Before we go, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, we are on Facebook, Atlanta Speed Company, Instagram, Atlanta Speed Co. Um, the website is atlantaspeedcompany.com. You can find us on all of them. You know, check us out. We post a lot of cool, cool stuff. That's awesome. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us at Let's Grow.Work, hashtag LFG fam, where success is in the details. Until next time.